listening to this. I am Russ. Welcome to the Death of a Bachelor podcast. Welcome to episode six. Uh, So good to be with you. Feeling great. Bill's had a big win today. That means a lot to me. Uh, Just spent a good portion of the night watching uh, Stranger Things season two. So awesome. And uh, carving up some pumpkins. Fully into the autumnal mood and uh, setting. So it's, it's, uh, things are pretty good. I do have to apologize. I missed a week for those of you who were actually following along because believe it or not, and I say that because it's hard for me to believe people actually look forward to listening to this on their Monday morning, which is when I typically post this. Um, so the fact that I actually missed a week, um, uh, there was actually a couple people, literally like two, that we're kind of disappointed that I didn't have it right away. So I do apologize for that. Uh, but it was, first of all, I was without a voice, which apparently is pretty important for a podcast. I hear, I'm no doctor, but I hear that's important. Um, but the last week, or the last couple of weeks really were were kind of nuts. Um, and before I set all this up, by no means is this a typical uh, you know, a typical time span for me. Is this a, a typical like occurrence or string of occurrences for me? It is not at all. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I take the road trip, as you remember from episode five and go across state lines. I, I went to Massachusetts. I don't know why I sounded Southern. Um, I did feel like one of the Duke boys though. I will say that. Uh, but I went across state lines to go and do a, a wedding over in Massachusetts, come back, spend last weekend um, shooting a movie uh, feature film called Trails that's coming out next year. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's the reason I lost my voice. Um, but in the meantime, the last few weeks leading up to this past week, I've been uh, getting ready with my random rock band that formed out of nowhere to get ready for a Tom Petty tribute show. And I was honestly, I was very worried about my voice for that because it was something I was pretty looking, pretty much looking forward to. Um, okay, I'll tell that story really quick because it doesn't, just saying it doesn't really do it justice. So what happened is, obviously, Tom Petty passes away. That is a huge loss for me and for music in general. But uh, I always loved Tom Petty. So a friend of mine, uh, Scott Solani, who does a uh, who's a local musician in the Western New York area, very talented. Um, him and his band, I know, do some Tom Petty songs. So I just shot him a message really quick saying, hey, I hope you're going to do something. And if you do, I'd love to be a part of it. Thinking like I'd stumble on a song uh, on the, onto the stage with him for a song or two. And he replies back with, hey, great idea. Uh, if you and your band want you know, a spot, I'll hold it for you. 
well, I, I didn't have a band. <laughs> it's just me. Um, and, you know, just myself and acoustic guitar in a rock band setting, not really that exciting. So I just sent a message to a bunch of friends that I knew from the radio world, and they all said yes. And next thing you know, I'm in a band. Laura was super cool with it. And, uh, and it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. So that was this past week. It was a great experience for me. It, it was, it was awesome. And it was a really cool tribute to Tom Petty in the, uh, in the meantime. So that being said, I'm going to leap into episode six, which I'm calling the rock star episode. Um, and I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of buildup of me telling stories about me, but the payoff is great. I promise you that. Um, and, and very humbling. Um, so as this, you know, previous story kind of lets you in, I have been very fortunate in my life to find myself in situations where they're perhaps unusual or I'm hanging out with people you wouldn't think, you know, you would be finding yourself mingling with, or I'm just flat out the center of attention. And a lot of that comes from being in radio for a really long time. And, you know, I'll tell you this, I've been spending a lot of time with some of my radio cohorts lately who, you know, all of us no longer in the business. And we all kind of agree. It's really hard to walk away from. We all know it's for the better. We all know it's, you know, not the greatest industry. Don't get me wrong. I love radio, but to actually be inside of it, it's tough, man. It is really hard. And it, it's even harder to stay away from once you get into it. And the, the analogy I used is radio is your hot girlfriend from high school. You know, you, you know that you're better off without her, but then you sit back and you say, wait a second, I looked a lot cooler when I was with her and people liked me more. I got to do cooler stuff. Now, I, I'm just going to go back with her just for a little bit. And then you get back together and you realize, wow, I, I really hate you. <laughs> and then, you know, you break up. And then a month later, you're like, man, I kind of want you back. It's, you know, it's all cyclical. So that's radio in a nutshell. But it led me into some pretty unusual situations and to meet some pretty cool people. Just to name a few, it, let, it had me in the situation where I'm talking to Terrell Owens, your famous wide receiver, about his famous dessert, uh, or his favorite dessert, excuse me, which, by the way, is red velvet cake. I just thought it'd be funny. This guy's like the, you know, the ideal, like, physique. And I'm like, I want to know what you eat when you eat crappy food. Red velvet cake. Now you know. Um, I got to, one of my favorite bands of all times is The Doors. I got to play a Doors song for Robbie Krieger, the, the lead guitarist for The Doors, which was just amazing to me, and then got to introduce him later that night. Pretty cool. I got to play musical chairs with Sugar Ray Leonard. Full contact musical chairs, mind you. Uh, that was pretty incredible. And... And I won, by the way, I, I won full contact musical chairs against Sugar Ray Leonard. That's something for the resume. <laughs> Go ahead and pad that. Um, but those are those are just like quick little nib niblets, I guess, if I'm going to make up a word um, of the stories that I want to tell to set up the current story. 
So a couple other instances that I want to get into that I thought were pretty cool, pretty cool stories, but maybe don't put me in the best light. Uh, the first one I want to tell is what the chance, the time I got to meet comedian Brian Regan. And if you are unfamiliar with him, you're not alone. First of all, second of all, if you don't know him, you should, he is hilarious. Um, and one of my favorite things about him is that he's for the most part, completely clean. Um, one of his latest CDs, he might've had a couple swear words in there, but for the most part, he's completely clean. So if you want to, you know, if you want to just put on something different when you're in the car with the kids, you can put him on and it's completely safe. And the best part about it is he talks about a lot of stuff from when he was in a kid. If you go to his first CD, the one where he's standing against a brick wall, Brian Regan live, most of it's about when he was a kid. So obviously kids can relate and so can adults, but very funny. Honestly, one of my favorite comedians. I don't want to say of all time because I feel like that's shortchanging people like, you know, Bill Cosby or, um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld or something like that. But I mean, he, he's pretty close for me. I, you know, there's not many things he does that I don't like. So I get to actually meet him, which is a big deal. And I can't get out of my own way when I talk to famous people, when I, you know, I, I have all these things that I want to say that I think sound great at the time. Like I meet Brian Regan. I'm like, okay, he's got all these bits that people are going to go up to him and talk to him about a uh, cup of dirt, yellow ones, the sun, um, you two hooked on phonics, stuff like that, um, that are, you know, I'm sure he gets asked about all the time. I don't want to do that. I want to be a little bit different. So I think I'm going to give him a great compliment and tell him, you know what? Because in my head, he would be way more famous if he swore, which I think says a lot more about society than it does him. But, you know, I look at someone like Dane Cook and now their comedy styles are pretty similar. But Dane Cook, way more people know. I say Dane Cook and now you're like, okay, now I'm with you. Now I can actually follow what you're saying. Uh, so I tell Brian Regan, you know what? I I always think of Dane Cook as a dirtier version of you. And I think it sucks that he's more famous than you are because he's basically doing the same jokes, but swearing. Don't you think that, Brian? And this very nice person wanted to kill me. I, I say with full confidence, he wanted me dead at that moment. I don't think he's in the mafia, but I think he was thinking about joining for a short time just to have me taken out. Uh, he was not happy with me whatsoever. Can't say I blame him. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I mumbled a couple other things after that, but I, I was so disappointed in myself for ruining this very special moment to meet this person, um, that I just, yeah, I just kind of erased anything after that point because that's pretty much where everything went wrong. Um, but he still went on stage and did an incredible job. And it was it was a really cool experience seeing him. Um, but the icing on the cake has to be the time when I met Gwen Stefani. And now, I mean, now you're in, obviously, because she's a huge multi-million dollar star. Um you know, and, and when I met her, so, you know, now you probably know her as the judge on The Voice. And before that, she had a solo career. And you may not know this, but before that, she was in a band called No Doubt. I know, dropping knowledge. Um, and before that, even, she was my girlfriend. Now, don't worry, this is news to her also. But 
she totally was. So what happens is this is very, very early on in her career. Uh, with Tragic Kingdom had, I mean, it was barely even out. Just a girl had just come on the radio and everything. Uh, it, everything had just kind of started. And she was opening for the Goo Goo Dolls who were opening for Bush. They came to Buffalo. I ended up having some, you know, backstage access via my uncle. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a sound engineer for a lot of these bands. So I get to hang out and I am fully, you know, immersed with Gwen Stefani because what idiot wouldn't be. So I'm telling him if I get a chance to talk to her, I'd really like to, you know, I, I think she's awesome. Um, because it's more than just thinking she's pretty, she's insanely talented. And I just, I wanted a chance to tell her that. And I did get to meet her. And the cool thing about this moment is at that time, Bush was actually huge. I know they're, you know, a blip on the radar now, but Bush was huge at that time because they had just come out, they blew up. So everybody's talking to them, most more specifically, Gavin Rossdale, obviously, and nobody's even talking to Gwen Stefani. So it's just me and her hanging out, um, basically in this backstage area. And she was really cool. Honestly, one of the coolest people I've ever met as far as like famous quote unquote people go. Um, and we're just talking about music and stuff. And I'm pretty sure in the five minutes that I got to talk to her, I called her pretty about 46 times, a rough estimate. Um, you know, I would give her genuine compliments and just say, well, I mean, because you're so pretty, you know, obviously you're going to blow up. I mean, just girl, that's a great song. And, you know, everything you guys did was cool, but you know, you're pretty and that's going to blow you up. And I, yeah, I don't think one thing necessarily goes along with the other, but I just kept saying it because, because I'm a dumbass. And, uh, that was, that was pretty much it. And funny thing is the whole time she's not even paying attention to me. She was very polite, mind you. But the whole time she's eyeing up Gavin Rosdale because nobody knew at that time, but they were dating. Um, and uh, and that was, you know, kind of cool to be on the inside of that. Basically, you know, if things hadn't worked out or if things had worked out better with me and her, she never would have been with Gavin is how I see it, basically. But so I got out of their way just so they could go on and have, you know, lovely children together because I'm a nice guy like that. Um, so as you can see by my minutes of boasting here, I've had some pretty cool experiences. So now you bring in the kids and this is where it gets fun. So, you know, and, and by the time the kids come in, I am out of radio. I'm, I'm not in it anymore. Um, and actually at this point, Laura is. Uh, she's, she's working on the inside at a radio station, which is pretty cool. Cause I still get to have connections with people I still know. And so do the kids. They get some of these cool behind the scenes experiences that not many people do. So this one time in particular, there was a band coming through town called Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats, who I was a huge fan of. And if, if you don't know who they are, if I was going to explain their music, and I spent a lot of time thinking of this, I was trying to think of somebody modern that they represent or, or that, you know, sounds similar to them. The closest thing I can think of would be Zach Brown. There's a little bit of that, you know, that kind of heritage sound, you know, that, that, that home style kind of music with a lot of heart. And I find 
you know, if you combine that with Wilson Pickett, you know, some of that Motown soul, then you combine those and you get Nathaniel Rateliff. That's kind of how I see it. Um, you know, like the two of them, like Zach Brown and Wilson Pickett had a baby. Now that would be a very hairy baby and, but very stylish, mind you. Um, and Nathaniel Rateliff actually, when he describes his own style, he calls it rock and soul, which I think is actually, you know, it's very accurate, uh, for their style of music. So getting ready for this experience and how it comes down, I'm sitting at work. I get a message from Laura saying, Hey, how'd you like to leave work and go see a very intimate show featuring Nathaniel Rateliff in the night sweats? Um, would you rather do that or be at work? Obviously that was a pretty easy choice. Um, I suddenly became very ill and I took off to meet up with Laura and the kids and watch this really cool concert. So I go, I bring my vinyl of their record. I'm so excited. Uh, I have a list of things that I'm going to say. And basically me and Nate, that's what I call them because we're close. We're going to be besties by the end of the day because I have all these compliments that I want to give them all these really cool, thoughtful. Like I spent a lot of time thinking of these things that I wanted to say to him because I, I was and am a huge fan of his music. So he plays this set. That's like five or six songs, but really cool. And, and the music sounded great. Like I said, it was intimate. You know, there's maybe a hundred people there. It was awesome. And the kids were there and they were really excited. And afterwards that, you know, we're lining up, get to take our pictures with them and get to talk to him for a little bit. So we're getting ready. I have the insert from my vinyl. And I'm ready. I'm going to get it signed. I got a whole plan. They're going to personalize it to me. I'm going to get it framed. This is going to be a cool, nice little keepsake for me. Well, Merle comes up. And with his Abbey Road shirt that he wasn't even, obviously, he doesn't totally understand the significance of that shirt yet. But we're like, oh, no, wear it. It'll be cool. So he puts on his Abbey Road shirt. He's a cute little kid. He grabs my sleeve from the vinyl and walks right over to Nathaniel Rateliff in the night sweats and says, Hey, can you sign this for me? And they're like, Oh my God, of course, cute little boy. I can sign this for you. What's your name? Let me make it out to you. Hey, let's have a little conversation about how cool you are. And you know, they were all totally just sucked in by this kid. And I can't say I blame them, but he became the complete center of attention and the rest of us are just standing in the shadows waiting for him to finish so we can go ahead and get our picture taken after he took like 15 pictures with the band and then some just with Nathaniel Rateliff on his own. Um, yeah. And so we finally got our pictures taken and they were cool, I guess. I mean, you know, I didn't really get to talk to him much which is actually on me. Cause I did at one point later on find myself standing right next to Nathaniel Rateliff of the night sweats. And I just had nothing to say at this point. <laughs> like my, my momentum is totally gone. My moment is lost. And that's, you know, that's totally fine. Um, and it was, it was a completely humbling experience. It's like, this is what it feels like. This is how you are on the outside, you know, watching somebody else take all the accolades and, and get all the attention. They're warming up in the middle of the limelight. So what I learned from all this is that sometimes you just have to let the kids be the stars. You just have to let them be the center of attention and just be okay with that. 
which trust me was not an easy lesson for me to learn at all because I had it good for a long time, but it was really cool to, to see that moment, you know, to, to see him interacting with these guys, knowing, you know, he just watched them on stage, totally rock out. And now they are looking up to him. Like he's the coolest kid ever. Um, he had a, a great moment with that. And I know it's something that, that he remembers and he's got, a really cool souvenir that I'm not even the least bit bitter about that he gets to have forever. It's great. It's really cool. He's the center of attention and that's what I learned and I am sticking to that. Uh, but what was really cool, all this nice, nice, neat stuff that I got to do over the last couple of weeks, you know, like with the concert, the Tom Petty concert. Well, we had rehearsals leading up to it. The kids got to go to one with me which was pretty cool to have them actually see that I'm not just, you know, taking off to do random things. This is what I'm doing. And they got to be a part of that. And then it was even cooler when we go to the, the actual show and the kids were there. Laura, you know, actually brought them and it was awesome. You know, they, they got to be a part of it. And, you know, again, Merle totally stole the show with his dance moves. I'm up there doing my thing and totally the center of attention because he's such an amazing dancer for a little kid, for anybody, really. I don't have his swag. Uh, and then, again, I shoot a movie this past weekend. I'm a pretty significant part in that movie. They come with me to the set. Madison slept the whole time. That's totally fine. She she had fun in her own way. Uh, and meanwhile, I'm shooting a scene. Merle's sitting right next to me and starts mimicking my moves, and he's mouthing my lines, and the next day I show up and he's all anybody can talk about is just how intelligent he is and how one day, if he wants to, he's going to be an incredible actor. And it's funny. I, I like to joke around about it that, you know, that I'm bitter or something, but I'm really not. It was awesome. It was a really cool moment to see, you know, him in particular. Trust me, Madison has her moments, too. She certainly is not afraid of the spotlight, but she's more of a. I'll wait until it comes to me kind of person where Merle is like, nope, I'm going to get it. I, I like being up here. I like being on this stage. And uh, and it's cool to let them take off, be in the limelight, be in the center of attention and to to go ahead and have that experience for themselves. So that's definitely what I learned from this week's episode is that no matter what your experience is, you just have to let the kids be the rock stars because they're going to anyway. And when they get that experience, it is it is a pretty cool moment for them. So thank you again for turning in for tuning in. Excuse me. Episode six, Death of a Bachelor podcast. Again, you find this at RussBurtonEntertainment.com. Thank you again for tuning in. I do appreciate it so much. Be good to each other.